my entire focus today will continue on route. I won't be too much longer in front of you with this, but, but I, as, I get, as I receive, my job is to give. So as I get a kind of inspired by a scripture, I'd like to just give that to you all. And hopefully you get what I get. That's the, that's the intent of the preacher and the teacher. Amen. So I do continue to grip God. Thanks for you all. And the, the scripture, as you know, is Ruth. Man, just an amazing story. Um, as I've said to you before, that this isn't like, they don't throw out, and the Lord said to Ruth anywhere in this. This is just Ruth living her life. And to, de to be honest, that's what most of us are doing, just living our life. Trying to be faithful, loving, good people in the world. But I'm telling you right now, the Lord was right in Ruth's story. Even though he's not explicitly shouting that he's in Ruth's story. And I'm here to tell you, he's in your story today. Even though it doesn't sound like he's shouting into your story, I assure you, he's right there. The worst feeling you want to come away with is feeling like you're alone. I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And Ruth, you know what's funny about the, the, the story of Ruth? The person with the knowledge of the one true God is the one that needs the help. Uh, we often don't think of ourselves in the story like this. Like we're going to need help from somebody who's not quite there in faith yet. But Ruth is exactly that. She knows about the one true God through Naomi. But Naomi is in her grieving moment. She's lost both husband and son. And she's saying, call me Mara. I'm in sorrow, call me Mara. And Ruth is right there saying, I will be with you. And I'll even take your God to be with you. She learns to learn about who God is through Naomi's people. And she comes back into the Bethlehem, which we know as the house of bread. The house of bread. After having left the famine, they come into the house of bread. And we've learned about this idea of gleaning. That gleaning is getting what is left over in somebody else's field. And I've been thinking about this an awful lot this week. Sometimes when we do not feel up to it, we need to glean in other people's fields. Like I don't always, haven't always got that spark and I'll call somebody or somebody will call me or I'll say something to somebody and somebody will say something to me and I'm picking up that they're in the right field. It's harvest but I don't have a field of anything. Here's the thing about a field, you can't expect to get anything out of a field if you didn't sow into the field. Like this, so if I'm looking for joy in my life today and I haven't been sowing for joy, I'm gonna come up in poverty in a field that's not nothing to yield. I'm gonna look for joy but I won't find it because I didn't sow joy. So in order for me to get to the next level of joy, what I'm gonna to have to do this season is start to glean in somebody's field who has some joy. So I have to be connected to people when my season's out I have to be connected to people who have the seasons that match to me. There's no sense in me being poor with, with joy and going to a person who's poor with joy and looking for some joy. We're both stuck with no joy. So what I'm going to do is if I lack joy, I'm going to find Brother Flag and say, hey, wait a minute. I don't want what you sold, I want what you left. So I can lean 
some of your joy. Some of us are looking for peace. And instead of finding the people with peace, we go find the people with war. You can't glean for peace in a field where they are fighting. There's no peace there. So I've got to go find somebody who I can glean, who I can go between. I don't need you to, to, to get less poor. I don't need you to let me reap. I just need you to let me glean. <laughs> Gleaning in this instance, I don't need to have your house to feel your joy. I can be happy that you have your house for you. And now I've got a little bit of joy. You know what I've realized as well? You know why this story is so powerful? Is because Ruth is seeing blessings where other people are seeing things being left behind. She needed this. She's a foreigner. And she's walked into this field and says, you have a rule that means you're going to leave behind perfectly good wheat and I can pick up all I want? That's the rule? She must have thought to herself, wait, they don't have this back in Moab. <laughs> Where you saw things that were just wasted, she was over the moon. Naomi, I don't know what you're sad for. We're home now. I can get food for us because they're leaving it behind. Some of us are overflowing with joy. You need to go find somebody who's struggling with joy and let them get some gleanings out of your joy. <laughs> Praise the Lord, saints. I've been thinking about this all week. Some of us are too stingy with our joy. You've got to get a testimony with you. Where I don't feel I can make it, somebody who I know is in the same kind of lane as me tells me that they made it through. I can glean off of that. It's not mine, but I can believe because I see it and in between it. I don't need the whole field, I just need your gleanings. I just need what's left. I just need to know it was possible. I just need enough to know I can make it. Glory to God. That's why I'm looking for people. When my season is in drought, I'm going to go to the people who have more than enough. What Sunday morning for me is an opportunity to get with the people of God who have something, who have more than enough. Have more joy singing. My niece isn't here. My niece isn't here, so I can talk about her freely now. She has an infectious kind of joy. Some mornings I don't even feel like it. I'm going to be honest with you. And I'll see her come in here and sing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting in on that. I'm getting in on that. Let me get some of the glee. You, I haven't even sold correctly getting ready to come to church. But I saw her with the gleaning. And I said, let me get some of the... Man, I'll hear a, a beat and I'll say, man, I didn't even think about it like that. Let me worship, let me pick my feet up. I didn't feel like it, I was poor. You know what the funny thing is about being in the field? All you see are the, you know when you have good things for too long? Sometimes you get blind to it. Sometimes you get so blind to the good things you have that you forget it and it takes a foreigner, a Moabite to come into your field and say, don't you see what you've left? Come on, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, preacher. Yes, I, yes, I can live off what you've left. What are you talking about? You upset. Yes, sir. 
This foreigner had to come into a field that wasn't hers. She had to be poor and she saw I can collect all of this and get value today. Sometimes it takes somebody else to walk into your field and let you know how blessed you are. They don't even have a field and they're getting joy from you. That Moabite woman came in and said, I've got, I can find some food for us, Naomi. I know you're struggling, but let me go into somebody else's field and get food for you. Don't you know you can glean in my field today? Get enough, bring it out, and go feed somebody else? That's what this is. That's what the word is. The bread is the living bread. The word of God, it's enough for you to go feed somebody else. Thank you, Jesus. You know what the scripture says? I think it's in Psalms 103. Can somebody find that? Psalms 103. Psalms 103. It's a fascinating scripture. And, I, and when I looked at it in this light, I started to think about it again. Psalms 103 says what? Bless the Lord. Yes, bless the Lord. Oh my soul. Oh my soul. He's, David is telling himself, I'm gonna bless the Lord, oh my soul within me and everything within me he's telling himself I'm gonna bless the Lord all my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name. thank you Jesus bless his holy name verse 2 bless the Lord all yes my soul, yes and forget not all his this benefits. is the part I wanted to get on to yes, sir. it says yes, do it bring it in again bless the Lord all yeah. my soul and forget not all his benefits forget don't forget his benefits right. yes, yes, people yes, sticking around in bars field yes, sir. Forgetting all the benefits that come around with being in the field. Yes. <laughs> Even if you couldn't work and couldn't earn enough, you're, they're telling you you can hang around behind and pick up anything we leave. Sometimes we forget the benefits. We bless the Lord and then we forget all the benefits that came with it. I remember a couple of weeks ago I was saying to my wife, man, you know, in the next two years we're going to have to fix that roof. And I was at home, I said, man, at some point we're gonna have to fix that roof. It's time, it's time, it's time. In the time, all the time, all I can see as I struggle is the roof. I'm forgetting that I'm in a warm house. It's cool in the summer, because I switched that AC on, on, on 42 to keep me as cold as possible. I'm, I'm like, and I'm complaining the whole time about a bill that hasn't even come. Yeah. All I can see is the bill that hasn't come. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm remembering all the problems on, yes, and forgetting all the benefits. And I'm wondering sometimes if we do this to our own fields, yes. the Lord has blessed us abundantly, yes. blessed us more than we can take, blessed us more than we can even gather. And there are gleanings and if somebody was to come into our field, they'd say, well, you know you've got a really nice house here, right? You know you've got beautiful, you've got a brand new kitchen that you talked about the other day. But all you're thinking about is the roof. That's not even a problem yet. Don't forget his benefits towards you. I know we're working hard in our fields to cultivate something, but don't forget how good it is what the Lord has given to us, amen? So here we have, you know, when I was reading this week, I haven't even got to my point yet, I'm, and I've been talking for a long time. But, but Ruth chapter 2 and verse 17, 
is really where I was stuck this week. I was genuinely, I couldn't get past this verse because I realized I'd missed a lot when I'd spoken the last two weeks. And I want to make sure I correct the problem. Here, Ruth chapter 2, verse 17. So Ruth, just to be very clear, Ruth has gleaned, meaning any barley, any wheat that's left behind, she can go get. Right? She can go get that wheat. She's poor, she's a widow, she's in a foreign land, she's working for Naomi to get food so they have enough. And this is what it says in verse 17. So she gleaned in the field, meaning she gathered what was left over, until even, until the evening time, and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. I want to sit on this verse for a little bit here, and it's an important verse. It's an important verse, and I completely missed it the first time. She has been working in this field all day until the evening. She has been pulling out the wheat from this field, getting anything that's left behind. She's been told by Boaz, hey, no one's going to trouble you. Go gather anything you want out of this field. It's yours. It's left for you. In fact, he instructs his, his reapers to literally leave more for her on purpose so she can reap, right? Then we have a situation where she not only goes and gleans, but that's not the end of the process. Gleaning is actually the start of the process. Gleaning is the process of gathering, but then you have to prepare what you've gleaned. That's what verse 17 is about. So she gets the gleaning, and in fact, chapter three, we see more specifically what this process is, because there's something called a threshing floor. In chapter three, verse one, there's a threshing floor. What this is, is a process where you get wheat, and you have to separate the stalk, the husks, or what the scripture says in Psalm chapter one as the chaff, from the actual wheat itself. This process in verse 17 is described briefly as beating, but this is threshing. This is the threshing floor. And if you were to, I want you to imagine um, years ago, m many years ago, how this was done. They would stand on a stone, some kind of flat surface, very flat surface, and they would take what they'd gathered and they would beat, beat it on the stone. You would then finally, the last step was to throw it up in the air and the chaff, the stalks and the husk would get blown away by the Mediterranean wind. When the Psalms 1 he says you're like the chaff that the wind drives away, that's what the process we're talking about. The process during wheat harvest, where I'm collecting the wheat, I beat it and what I raise up in the air, the wind blows away. The heavy wheat falls down and I collect that. That's what I've got. So what Ruth has been gathering isn't just what she needs, she's also gathered some stuff that she didn't want. She gathered some stuff called husks, she gathered stuff called stalks, she didn't want that. But part of the process meant she had to gather everything, then go through the process of the threshing floor to get what she actually needs. The threshing floor, the, the beating of the, of the harvest, is a violent process. It's, it's an action that needs energy. It's an action that needs a lot of power and deliberate. You need to go at it. You need to really hit this hard to get the separation going. But the truth is, it's a necessary process. You can't make bread if it's got husk on it. 
You can't make bread if it's still got the stalk on it. It's gonna, it's gonna taste terrible. It's gonna be the worst bread you ever tasted if it's still got stalk on it. <laughs> You're not finished just because you gleaned it. There's still process necessary after you've gleaned it. <laughs> For it to be sustaining, it has to go through a process. For it to be valuable to eat, we still got to do some work with what we've gleaned. And this is what I missed the first two weeks is that Ruth didn't just clean, she was on the threshing floor getting the food ready. And even though sometimes we can go into other people's field, the Lord is still going to have to work you so that you can have the things that you need from the thing you've gathered. <laughs> I hope you're getting this. Let me read this verse again. So she gleaned in the field until evening and built out that she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. Let's get to the ephah. I think I may have mentioned this. An ephah is about 30 to 45 pounds. So that tells us that before she beat this barley, it was way more heavier than that. She beat away the stuff that was not useful. And then she, what remained with her was just the barley. So when you're going to somebody else's field, there's gonna, and when you're even reaping, this is the same process, you're gonna have to go through and get some things that are not necessarily gonna make the bread, but they're gonna go through a process that are gonna be valuable to you in the end. The wind is gonna blow and blow away some chaff in your life. The wind is gonna blow and blow away some stalk in your life, but if you don't know better, you'll start to hang on to chaff thinking it's just good weight. It's not good weight, let the Lord blow that away. Stop holding on to stalks. It's not valuable. It's not helpful. The wind needs to blow that away. It seems heavy and it seems like value, but it's not. Amen? We have to beat that out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go to Psalms chapter one. Can you just read that Psalm chapter one for me real quick? I just want to read that scripture because it's going to tell you a little bit something about the chaff which the wind drives away. Blessed yep. is the man yes, sir. that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, yes. nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree yes. planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Like the chaff which the wind, that's what we're talking about here. It's interesting that we find that in the Psalms, yes, because the next time we find out about the ether of, uh, ether of anything, yes, is actually in 1 Samuel 17. Just when David gets ready to go down to meet Goliath. This is the great grandson of Ruth that we're talking about. And it's not coincidence, I don't think, that we talk about an ether a little bit later in scripture. In fact, what happens is that Jesse tells his son David, go bring your, your brothers, your three brothers, food, and the scripture tells us that he was sent with an ether. He's sent with an ether of food. And so he goes and brings this to his brother. So now we know a little bit about how much food it is. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to eat a two pound steak. It's, it's tough, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of steak. 
That's really tough to do. So we know that in one day, Ruth has picked up after she has gleaned, after she has beat it and threshed it, she has somewhere between 30 and 45 pounds of barley. That's a lot of food. Apparently, according to Jesse, it's enough to feed at least three soldiers for some undetermined amount of time. And Ruth has collected this, not just what she gleaned, what went through after the process of threshing, that's what she has. That's why I'm saying to you, sometimes it feels like we need to hold on to the stalk, but that's not valuable. It's just dead weight. The Lord is blowing a wind and expecting you to thresh that out. Not everybody, not everything you pick up from everybody is helpful to you. Let the Lord blow that out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let that wind blow and take it out. But the other thing that's important here is that you can't make bread unless you get rid of the stalk, unless you get rid of the husk. This is the bread, the house of bread. This is the house of bread where the, where the, this is the house of bread. Thank you, Lord yeah, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, get rid of that. Amen. This is the house of bread. Yes, yes. And there's no doubt about it that you cannot make, you cannot make bread if you have got rid of all the husk. And I just want us to be aware of this. To be make sure that we are inspired by this. That even though you may glean, you may lose some of what you glean. Don't worry about what's been blown away. The good stuff's going to stay. And when that good stuff stays, what we're going to do is make bread out of that. That is the bread of life. Nothing other than the word. You know what we're going to pick from this? You're going to pull from it what's helpful to you. After you've pulled what's helpful for you, somebody's going to pull what's helpful for them out of that. It's going to be gleaned. They're going to glean from it. They're going to thresh it. But out of that becomes something that they can, can nourish them can sustain them, can bless them. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of this word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.